Welcome to Returning Citizen Association. My name is Ricky Gaines. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today I have a special day. We have a special day for you. Uh, we have a couple guests. Uh, they're going to identify themselves. But I'll begin our, our meeting and our podcast with our mission statement. Um, Returning Citizen Association was uh, established in uh, March of 2022. And I, by myself, I'm a founder. Um, I spent 24 years in prison for a life sentence. Um, I was arrested at the age of 18, and I came home when I was about 42, 43, 20, 24 years, however you do the math. <laughs> but it's really not funny, but it's, like, really strange how we start to um, get away from some of that stuff. Like, um, And our topic today is going to try to bring us back to that, but I'll tell you that after we do our intros. Um, our mission here at uh, Returning Citizens Association is to increase the economic political, and social capital of returning citizens in the United States of America. Now, that's pretty pretty broad, and it has a lot of things to say, but breaking it down simply is just to increase the opportunities for returning citizens and our families or system-impacted people in the, in the United States. And the reason why it's the United States is because there's institutions, correctional institutions throughout the United States. It's not just in California. We are in California. Uh, my hometown is Pittsburgh, California, the Bay Area, so um, that's where we are beginning our, our mission. But um, believe it or not, there's returning citizen community throughout the United States, and we're going to connect to them. So that's why we're here. Uh, I won't talk too much, but I just want to give you guys an idea like what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, our goal, our mission is that our goal is to decrease the recidivism rate, and the one way that we sure to do that is for us who's coming home, for us never to go back. Let's go. Drew, you up. Sorry, I had to unmute the phone. One second. Okay, well, my name is Andrea Gaines. I'm a business account executive for Vexus Fiber. I've been in the communications industry for about 20 years. Um, I also work for my family. Me and Richard have Capital Gains Publishing, plus we have this RCA. Um, I didn't do any physical time, but I did do mental time, and it did do time on on my physical because it's, you know, just a stressful situation. Uh, we have four kids, and, you know, I'm here to be supportive. You know, I, I know what it can do to a human being being in prison for so long and even coming out is just as traumatic being released and having to readjust and realign and, you know, figure yourself out all over again. So I'm, I'm here for support and to do the work. Nina. Hey, good afternoon, you guys. Um, I'll be on camera in a minute, but um, my name is Nina Clark. I work with Ricky. We work at Felton Institute, which deals with the homeless population and the mental health. So, you know, that's how we're connected. So Ricky came to me with the idea of starting a magazine. And I'm like, say less. I'm in because I don't have so many people, relatives, my brother's you know, relatives, ex-boyfriends that I done did time with in the pen. You know, I've done time, but it hasn't been in the penitentiary. It was in uh, San Francisco County Jail, Santa Rita County Jail, you know, till I had a moment of clarity and said, F this, <laughs> I ain't living like this. And so, you know, 
So I went back to the community, what I know to do best, which is work. And um, Ricky came with me with this ideal, and I love it. So that's why I'm here. And I'll pass it to, who am I passing it to? Uh, Ramon? Thank you. Uh, hello, I'm Ramon. Uh, <clears throat> I know Brother Ricky ever since he was a little kid, and he still looked like what? <laughs> and I find that amazing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I'm in the same situation, sort of. I, I, I didn't get life, but I have did time. Um, I persevered every time. I've never really looked at, like, when you come home, all the obstacles that they have in front of you as far as, um, you know, giving in to them. But it, but it, but it's a real struggle because when you come home, the way it works and the type of jobs you have to take to get back to where you are. Because when I went to prison, I had an occupation already. Like I'm a sterile processor. You know, um, I went to school for it and all that, and I've done it. I had done it for Kyle for um, twelve years. So when I come home and try to get right back off in that trade. The obstacles is, well, you know, first of all, you can't hire a felon. That's the number one trick they use. But <clears throat> I can just say that I did all the little crummy jobs to get back to where I needed to be. Because, you know, it's a time period. They say you got to work seven years or whatever, and then you can go back into that. But actually... I started before that because I just kept digging, but I did have to do the little jobs that, you know, they give felons, which I don't think is fair because <clears throat> if you have a, if you have a trade, something that you went to school for, you should be able to come back to that with all the BS and the red tape that they do just because of that. And it just so happened, like I said, that I, I'm now working at the VA. I'm still doing what I love to do because I, I love the trade. I love the part of helping. I love that it gives me an identity because I remember when I first came to California and they told me that you can only be a janitor. I came to California during them days. So just to have a trade and doing something that they said I couldn't do is a plus. And I got with Brother Ricky. Um, I remember when he first came, came by the house um, and I told him, you know, if there's anything that you ever need, bro, just, just give me a call. It's, it's not a problem, you know, because that's what we got to be doing anyway, especially when, like he said, he's talking about recidivism. You got to reach your hand out to the ones that's coming out <clears throat> and give them some faith and, and, and give them some help because they need it. And I'm a prime example of that. So, yeah, I didn't want to go too deep. Um, I hope I didn't go too deep. And the re other reason I'm here is because I seen Brother Ricky doing his thing, and I reached out to him and told him, look, man, I'm trying to get a podcast because my podcast is going to be based on similar things like he's doing and just talking to the people. And he just told me to come by just like that. So here I am. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank all y'all. Appreciate it. You're welcome, brother. And um, right before we go to Malik, uh, yes, the brother, uh, man, the brother made a call, and not only made a call, man, the brother traveled, you know, a long distance to get to where we are. Um, I'm from SAC. Uh, right. I, I never like to ask um, 
questions during the intros, but he just mentioned something that's connected to our mission. So I'm not sure if that's what you meant, but he said something about a job he was in before he went, uh, before he was incarcerated, and that after he came home, it said something about wait seven years to reapply or wait seven years for something. And it sounds like our audience, it sounds like that. See, our our mission is to increase the economic and political uh, capital. Uh, so there's something called co collateral consequences for us when we come out of uh, a prison and we get off parole and everything. We think is all done. But what he just says that there's these things that still hangs over our head from us being successful, from us going like excelling. There's these things that kind of keeps us down, and like we call these things collateral consequences. So we're we're we partner with other um, organizations that understand that, and we're like we want to end that. You, you know, like once once we've done our time, and if that career is open for this uh, individual and they really good at it, like why can't they? You know, go earn that le legitimate money. Like, anyway, so I just think that we're gonna ask him that more, uh, more questions about that. Like, um, as we go around. Sure. Malik, what's up, brother? Uh, testing one, two, and three. Hey, what's happening, you guys? It's great to be alive. Um, my uh, stage name and writer name is uh, Mac Malik. My government name is Derek, and um, I did probably a total of uh, 21 years. Um, I used to write programs called the reentry program to, um, I wrote, maybe, matter of fact, Stanford University up here, uh, Mr. Weinstein, who's a professor of law, he gave me an A on it. He says that uh, the reentry program I wrote was called Write Your Own Paycheck. And all my life, I've been an entrepreneur. I've always worked for myself somewhat. And um, I've always believed in, I'm the only one that knows how much I'm worth, okay? I like writing my own paycheck, and that's what I do now with my wife's approval. Um, so, ha -ha. so, like I said, um, right now, I'm uh, in the process of opening my store here, our store, as my wife would say. Um, Okay. And, Congratulations. Uh, We're so proud <laughs> of you, you brother. So We're much. so proud of Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's hard work. I, you know, I did all the painting. I told my wife, she says, no, you want some help? No, because there's something that I can do myself. I'm 67 years old. And she knows I'm like a drill sergeant, right? And uh, that's what I do. I work out, stay fit and everything. And I just did this. And this was my project. And uh, I really built it for my wife. So she could be able to. Show the thing. She's not. She's like. She's a woman that knows about fashion and everything else. All I am is just probably uh, a person that can get the money to be able to pay for it. Um, she could do the same thing. Um, but the thing is, is that so we have Malik's Fashions and Accessories LLC uh, presents my wife Nadi Boutique, and you're gonna love her work. You're gonna love everything you guys. You gotta love. She dressed me. So um, yeah, and uh, so like. Let's see, what else do I want? I want to come over some. I'm right here at 1624 Fairgrounds Drive, Suite C and D, Vallejo, California, 94589. And um, like I said, I did a certain amount of like 21, 22 years in prison. Um, and I told myself when I came home, because I worked for everybody sales at uh, Cigna, the large diversified now fashion machine and financial institution in the US, 
equitable. And I mean, I always made pe other people a lot of money. Now it's my turn to make me some money, but at the same time, be charitable to the homeless, to people that need it, to lift people up because no big eyes and little U's. There's only one God and I serve that one God and I'm his servant. Okay. And um, that's what I got to do. And I went to church today and I really loved the church today. <laughs> and uh, I seriously did. And uh, I always do. And um, so, like I said, I'm Malik's Fashions and Accessories presents uh, Naughty Boutique. My wife, Cheryl and Spirits Laramore. And uh, she's just a great person. She's like, she strives hard to be, you know, who she is. Um, me, I'm just the type of person. Um, I came off the street hustling out of East Oakland and, um, <laughs> man, you don't know. But uh, right now, I like to look at myself as a businessman, a man of integrity, and an honest and loyal person. I, I greet all you and say hello, and I'm going to turn it over to my wife. Hi, everybody. I'm Carolyn, and I'm nice to meet you guys. Um, actually, you guys were talking about being locked up. So, I mean, I was locked up before I did time. And um, then I got introduced to the Lord and he saved me. And then I got under the leadership of Bishop Jerry Wayne Macklin. And I got an opportunity to give back. So I was blessed to go inside Santa Rita Jail for five and a half years to do the jail ministry. So, uh, yeah, I did that faithful for five awesome. and a half years. Awesome. And then, so Rick, well, my husband was telling Rick about I lost my daughter to um, a drunk driver two years ago, and the lady, they didn't convict her. So um, God is good because me, I wanted to go get her. You know what I'm saying? Because if I was like I used to be, mm -hmm. <laughs> I would have been somewhere eating or later I would have had an alibi okay? and she would have been God if it was my will yeah. amen but right. God told me that Carolyn vengeance is mine I will be paid but out of that pain that I was going through I had to do something to keep me alive first before I can help somebody else so out of the death of my daughter and my pain the Lord gave me a group, a Facebook group is called A Mother's Cry. Amen. And because he Amen. gave me that, because we cry behind our kids being born, graduate, you know, first holding the bottle, first cry, we about everything. But that cry when you lose a child, that cry right there, it messes with your activity daily living. Amen. It mess it messes up when you get up, how you think. You know what I'm saying? It, it just messes up. It messes with your life. Just, you don't know when it's going to hit. Okay? But um, God is good. So out of that, he birthed um, a mother's pride. And like I say, I get on there and I encourage myself first before I encourage other mothers. And then other mothers get on there and we uplift and we encourage each other. Amen? And, uh, and I'm writing my book. I'm on the sixth chapter, but I need to really get back into it because my book is, is what, what I'm experiencing. Amen. Because I actually went through a lot in the process of burying my daughter because I didn't get an opportunity to be involved in her burial because she has a grown son. And when the life insurance money was involved that I paid and I put him over the, the beneficiary, then money just broke up my family. But 
I didn't get the opportunity to, to be involved in planning my daughter's funeral. Amen. So that's why the Lord birthed the mother's pride because I have to live with that every day and it hurts me. Trust it. I have my days like this morning. I woke up angry. You know what I'm saying? Like this lady's walking the streets and my baby is, you know, but God is good. So I'm just on here, whatever the Lord uh, connect the mother's cry with what Rick is doing. I'm here. So thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I know that uh, we have people right now on this call that uh, like have some things uh, and and, and cry, bro. Mother's cry. Yeah, um, have some things like that in common, and I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll touch on it. But yeah. Um, so one of the reasons why I want to come here, uh, first of all, I, I was invited. Uh, Malik invited me, and um, he mentioned that about your organization, uh, A Mother's Cry, and uh, your group. Um, and when he mentioned that on our, in our meeting and on our podcast, I got several responses about it. And uh, people want to know about it. They want to know how can they get connected <coughs> to it. And so we decided to, uh, like we said, okay, you know what, let's do the next show here um, at uh, Malik and his wife's uh, shop, right? Uh, we really support their grand opening, so anybody in the in the area, please come out and um, um, do business with them here at. Uh, uh, he'll give you the address again for sure. He's gonna give you his address about three more three more times. <laughs> then, uh, but next week, uh, next week we're hoping to uh, to connect with uh, Malik and his wife and some others who can share. Uh, like the things that they're going through um, from their experience of losing a ch their child. Now, and then we got a brother here that's going to talk about that as well. So, uh, uh, before we go on and on, on and on, like we got, um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for uh, allowing us here in your space. And thank you for being willing to partner with us because uh, we think that uh, we can help some people. We think that we can help some people through you. For sure, for sure. Um, you're very welcome. So, Nabrita, where you at, bro, bro? Tap in, man. Let everybody know who you is, what you want to do, what you're talking about. Hey, 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 man. Can you hear me, man? Can you, can you hear me, man? Hold on, hold no. on, man. It's just like the game. Hello? Ooh, there you go. Uh, yes, sir, we hear you, bro. You on, you live and direct, pipe, bro. Man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Raindrops, man. Say, man, hey, now, say, now, cash, chef, Venmo, Zelly, man. We even accept PayPal, man. Watches the rings and all those things, man. Hey, is this Ricky Gaines, man? Yes, sir. Tell the people hey, listen, who you man, are. Like, man, tell listen, the people man, who you are. Listen, man, I love you, man. Listen, man, I love you, man. First and foremost, let me thank you for this opportunity. You have a great and a magnificent platform. Uh, God is good. I want to pay homage to the Lord Jesus Christ, man, for giving me this opportunity to meet back up with you, doing some amazing things in the community. You're my big brother. I'm proud of you. I've always looked up to you. Uh, you are the brother of, I mean, the the, uh, the cousin, the first cousin of uh, uh, Federico Machico Gaines, a.k.a. King Frito. You feel me? And uh, I know you very well. You feel me? Uh, my name is Jarvis Gordon. Uh, I have a twin brother named Charles Gordon. We come from Richmond, California, Crescent Park, and uh, South Side Richmond. And uh, me and Ricky Gaines, 
we met each other when we was very small kids. Ricky Gaines is older than me. He, what you like, two two years older than me? You was born in seventy five, right? Seventy six. Seventy six. Okay, so you you a year uh young you a year older than me. But Rick Freako was born in seventy five. But uh, I want to tell a quick story about Ricky Gaines. Uh, he's always been ahead of the, the curve. He's always been like one of the ones that everybody followed behind. He had an influence. He had an influence when we was in in uh, elementary, no, well, was junior high school. We went to uh, Central Junior High School, and I'll never forget this this one time when uh, I was on. Ricky used to play basketball real good, real good. He was saucy in basketball. He dressed real good. He was he was he was one of them cute pretty boys. <laughs> you feel me? And um and uh Frico Frico him and Frico they they was they was like they looked they was cousins but they looked it like twins. They looked it like twins. And and they was they was like cute pretty boys. And they was saucy. I'm talking about when I say they was saucy, they was saucy. They dressed they dressed the sauciest. They was the, they was the kings of the school. Like but Frico was like more of a like a he was more like a like a he was like more of like a rowdy, thuggish, ruggish kind of like guy. Like, but he, but he was popular with the ladies too. But he was like, he was kind of like one of those bullies, like a short bully dude. But all the dudes respected him because he was he was tough. He's real tough. But he had he had real he had real like uh, uh, like charisma. And and Ricky did too. Ricky was smooth. Ricky was real suave. He was he was real quiet. All the girls loved him. All the girls love him. I'm talking about. I've seen this time. I went and I'm 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 quitting embarrassing you, but I'm quitting embarrassing. And uh, I just got to tell this story, Mackin. I've seen this story one time, and I'm gonna shut my mouth. Ricky was on on the basketball court playing hoop. It was him, Barrow, uh, Jabbar Tubbs, all the hoopers. You you know what I'm talking about. He was getting ready to play hoop hoop, and he threw his coke down, and he started playing hoop. I swear I ain't lying to you. It was like three girls that was that shot over there to his jacket and tried to pick up his jacket and hold his coat for him while he was shooting. I said, "This boy a mackerel." Uh, and, <laughs> hey, hey, and, hey! And after that, I say, after that, I say, me and Jam Tyson, Risky, but we all we was clicked. It was me, him. You feel me? Uh, uh Freako, rest of plus, Mo Dean, the Penny Fiend, rest of plus. You know, talking about we was all there. But Ricky and and and, uh, and Frico, they was they they was they was the kings. They was the kings of school. They was saucy. They had the best girlfriends. They had the cutest. Uh, everybody wanted to be them. They had the little beehive uh 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 waves. They they they, they, they invented this look. Look, they had put the waves in their hair with with the uh, clippers. They had uh, put these little lines in their hair, and they was beehives. They went all the way around their head. Saucy. Everybody was trying to ask them where they got it and how they got it done. They were so saucy. Boy, Ricky Gaines, I'm gonna I'm I'm tell you, boy. I'm gonna tell you, boy. I love you, boy. You already know. I'm I'm little I'm little Bosky. I'm hey, little Bosky. I love y'all. God is good. Man. God is hey, good. Bless up. Look, look, I love that, man. I man, some of that stuff I forgot, man. But look, tell the people about you. I want to know who you are, brother. Ah. I want to let people know who this who this powerful young man is, man. Who you know, like what's your recent experience, man? Let the people know, man. How. You know, how can, uh, like, what kind of support, what kind of uh, energy that you can use to do the things that you need to do to, uh, like, enhance your life? You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's what's important. Right, right. Right. Well, I appreciate that, Macaroni. Listen, man, I just got out of prison. I just did. I, I started off doing 42 years to life, right? My twin brother is doing 110, life, 110 years to life as we speak. 
uh, and little cousins, my little nephew, he's doing 50 years of life. However, he just had his sentence overturned, and he's getting ready to start a new trial. We're going to keep him up in prayer. We're going to uh, hold him up in prayer. And everybody to hold him up in prayer. So dollar, dollar, little dollar, if y'all on the airwaves and y'all know little, little dollar, he's a rapper, he's an up-and-coming rapper from the Bay Area, but he's caught up in the street life, you know, he's in his 30s, and, you know, those youngsters, I've been there, you've been there, you know how it is. So, you know, we got to be the mentors for them, like, I need you to be my mentor and so forth. But at the same time, I just got out of prison, I still have an ankle monitor on my leg. Um, when I came home, when, when I was there, like yourself, I educated myself, I I took advantage of the resources. I took advantage of all the education and everything that, that they had to offer. I wasn't on the yard. When, when they was on the yard, I was reading. You know, when they was, uh, you know, and out there stabbing people over monkey bars and stabbing people over benches and, you know, doing all that crazy stuff that they do in prison. You know, I was in there, you know, trying to sharpen myself, praying, you know, just asking God, you know, why? You know what I mean? I was watching Jack and them go go do their thing. I, I was, they was calling me. I was, I was calling Rod and them. I was calling all of them that we was out there with, the ones that we was riding the die, the ones that we brought into the circle. You know, we was the oldest. Y'all was the oldest. You feel me? So we was bringing all these cats in the circle. But at the same time, when you left Slick, you was only 17, bro. You feel me? And, and like, you always tell me to speak more about myself, but you a part of me because you put a lot of game in me. You put a lot of wisdom in me. You feel me? Literally, you know, I put a lot of wisdom in you. I put a lot of game in you. We was raising each other out there. And we were hanging around older cats that, you know, loved us, but they knew we was going to be, you know, great dudes. And they, they didn't try to protect that. They was using us as pawns, you know, because we had the heart. And they knew they didn't want to do what we was doing, what, the, what they was having us do, because they didn't want to go lay down like we were. Well, like we was ready to go lay down. And now we're old enough to recognize that we see it. We don't want to let these youngsters fall by that same type of, you know, you know what I mean? deceitful little tactic that, you know, people be using to take advantage over young cats that's that's raw, that you know, they got talent, they they you know what I mean? They got everything they need. And these older cats are so bitter and they so washed up and mad because they ain't got nothing and mad because they ain't you know what I mean, ain't been able to, to accomplish nothing in life. They slackers, they underachievers, and uh they they wanna, you know, pass that energy and pass that along to these young cats. Instead of telling them, you know, all their positive attributes and traits and characteristics, they want to try to talk down to them and tell, you know, act like they're their daddies and tell them all the stuff that they need to be doing. And, you know what I mean? You know, like older dinosaur dudes be trying to act when the young saucy dudes come around and they fall saucy and they still in themselves. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about, bro. And at the same time, me, I'm just trying to come home. I'm trying to give back to this young community. I'm, I wrote the book. We wrote the book. My mother. She wrote the book. Please go support what that book? if you can. Uh, book? It's called what nothing. Book? It's called what nothing but time. Is? It's called nothing but time. It's it's on Amazon. It's on, and it's on Barnes and Nobles. And I'll sell it out the trunk. I'll pull up wherever you at. Bounce out. Sign it for you. We can take a picture. We can go have soup. Me, you, my wife, and whoever you want to bring along, and we can do some positive things for the community. That's what I'm doing. That's what I want to do. I'm looking for housing. I don't have no housing right now, so I'm trying to get all that situated. I can't. You know, it's just a lot of stuff, Rick, that I need to talk to you about some sensitive issues. And, uh, you know, I don't really want to, you know, divulge a lot of that stuff right now at this moment. But at the same time, I want to express to you how grateful I am for this opportunity. I love you and you're my big bro. And uh, I am just want to just be alongside you as we do some, some good stuff. That's it. 
So, brother, look, brother, man, thank you, man, for tapping in, man. Look, let me just say, uh, like you said, a mouthful, man. Malik said a mouthful. That's why we're going to have a – we got a lot to, to, uh, to, to cover here, though. That's one thing that uh, – the other thing is that us, us transitioning out of uh, this long-term incarceration, man, there's a lot of learning. It's a big learning curve. You know, like I'm still learning things. But thank God that I was uh, uh, that I was uh, a curious guy, you know, um, on the inside. I read everything I could my, get my hands on, and then you know. Uh, so yeah, so the point is that this is huge. Everything he said, everything she said, everything he said. I wonder if uh, our members have something to say about what you guys said. But I just want to touch on something first, real quick. So. Uh, Twin, like, uh, our nickname, we got these nicknames in the street. Like, I don't go by my nickname anymore because I feel like it's attached to a lot of stuff that, you know, it kind of makes me squirm, you know, because <laughs> I'm still healing. But uh, for my boy Nut Brittle, who just uh, uh, was uh, talking to us, uh, you said something about, like, I feel, now, let me say this. this. This young brother is an artist, so right? So he had this music that he created uh, a long time ago. And I heard a song when I was in, in uh, prison. And it was it, it was a part of my transition, all right? This song helped me transition. Now, now let me tell you, because you probably I never told you this. So the brother made a song, and I heard about the song through a lot of people. People kept telling me, hey, man, you should hear this song. Uh, the brother mentioned, mentioning you in the song, and this and that, this and this. So... In the streets, like, this is, like, good stuff, right? In the hood, this is great. But at this point in my life, like, it was, it, like, I was struggling. You know, I was struggling because, um, and I'll tell y'all I'll, I'll tell y'all what the topic is going to be because I think it's going to be pretty emotional. I know, I know I'm going to be a little emotional about it. And, like, go right in line with, with uh, what Malik wife was talking about. So our topic today is going to be about second chances, right? And not just second chances, like, like, like the word mean, but like second chances. Uh, this brother just said that he started, he was doing a 42 to life sentence. And we talking to him on the phone right now. He's free. <laughs> if that ain't a second chance, I don't know what is. I know, for, I know for myself, like I was doing a life sentence. I did not know when I was coming home. So um, like all of the faith and all of the prayers and all of the work that goes into getting me in a position where I am today. Man, uh, and then so just the second chances, the, the idea about second chance, it makes me emotional when I think about like, <sighs> like the people. Hey, 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 you got out when you was 42, right? And I, and I, and I got sentenced to 42 years to life. Imagine right. that. Right. And imagine this, what you said about like the people that we brought into this lifestyle with us though, right? The people that, that like. They left like, me for dead. They wouldn't see me. They wouldn't see me uh, enough money for uh, some cheese squeeze, Mackie. Hello, uh oh, ooh we. Uh, these negative inf or or like our experiences that we had. Everybody have experiences, and the reason why it brought me to this Returning Citizen Association is my bad experiences that I was able to turn around, and now, like the Bible said, what you meant for bad for wrong, devil. God took it and used it for good, right? So this negative influences that I had on people, I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't live with myself with a song. My brother made a song called The Heart of a Gunslinger. I love the song. I love the song. But in the song, he's talking about, he's talking about me. He's talking about 
people like him and us, the stuff that we should do. So, uh, man, I, like I was tripping when I heard that song and I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, so, because I know that the young people in my neighborhood now was looking up to that type of model. I'm sitting here with a life sentence, bro, I don't got nothing. I got nothing good to show from my heart of a gunslinger lifestyle. My children are out here alone and, you know, I can go on and on and on, right? But God, let me just say this, but God, because this ain't going to be a sad topic. This is a good topic. And it's about second chances. It's about the opportunity that we were able to overcome that stuff some way. And I just want to say that for myself, it's not for nothing. It's not in vain. I hear you. Listen, big bro, and I feel you, right? Ooh, that, that gave me chills when you said that because you know what? You're absolutely right. That lifestyle is, is trash. We hate that lifestyle because it cost us so much. But guess what? When I was making that music, I was in that lifestyle. I was talking the stuff I was living. Now, when I went to jail like you, I was like, oh, wow. I don't want to live like that. I didn't wreck my whole life. But when... I was in that life. I was rapping it. I was saying what Slick G was doing. I was saying, yeah, Slick G, nigga, woo, 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 because we was from the mob. And that's what I was living, because that's what you was living. But after I went to prison, I said, oh, wow, I was wrong. Slick G, he in there, he doing 25 to life or something he didn't even do. I know he don't want to hear this madness. When I was in jail and they was talking all that nut bit of the nutty... I didn't want to hear that. I was in, I was in the, in the cell playing. I was actually got, and that's why when I got out today, I said, I'm not going to make no music like that no more. I'm going to make music that healed the world, not music that killed the world. Uh-oh, hello, Uwe. See, because I went in there and I got a, I went in there and I got a transplant. I got a heart transplant, Mackin. See, I didn't have no behavior problem. I had a values problem. You did too. We valued the wrong stuff. We valued fast cars. We valued fast money. We valued getting up Cutting up that dope. We value getting up, cocking them pistols. We value sitting in that middle lot, throwing up that L. Bro, come on, Macaroni, you know this me, man. Jarvis Monte Gordon. I know we was the dogs. I know we was some wild ones. You know I know. You was there, you sat down, you sat in that cell, and you, you was in there lonely, too. You was in there lonely, bro. This yes, your broski-oski, bro. I don't want to live like that no more. I hate that music. I don't want that music in my life no more. My mama don't even want me in rap no more because of that music. I don't right, value I that you know, music. Bro. I want you to know this. I want you to know this. Like, I still listen to your music, brother. I still But I'm like just telling you this. I feel what you're coming from. That's all I'm saying, bro. I, I'm just, I say I feel where you're coming from. I just got dramatic and, and theatrical like that because I want you to know I'm with you. I, I echo your voice when you said that. Man. And that's how I felt. That was my transformation. But guess what? When I was making that music, I was in the trenches. I was Man. bouncing out with... With that, you feel me? So I felt like I had the right to make that music, and that was my bad because a lot of them dudes is phony baloney with it. They 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 ain't living like that, bro. And when they do get pitched, they gonna tell. They gonna go right on everybody, bro. You know they is. That's another you segment, was a bro. One. bro. Hold on, hold on. That's another segment because me and you gonna get this one on one. We gonna do this one on one interview as well. But I just wanna. I want to hold some stuff back just for one minute because we got a couple of people here. I just could not get let that go past the fact that uh, 
Uh, well, we was gonna get into that anyway. I love you, boy. You already know I feel the same way you feel. But 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 but, but, the team, but I feel the same way you feel, Mac. And you know I ain't playing no games out here. I ain't got no more chances. I got an ankle monitor on, man. I ain't man. playing with them. They owe me. They owe me, bro. I exactly. owe me. Exactly. Hello, uh, uh, they owe me. The point that we was talking about, like uh, how like second chances, like that's the reason why like my second chance is so important, and not just about me. Like, like I could just be right. out and be free and just go on by my life and say, okay, you know what? I that's 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 behind me. But I feel like uh, Nina feel like um, everybody here feel like that we have a value to share with other individuals to help them enhance, increase their life in a in a way that they want to, not our way, right? But 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 we're saying that we got a little bit of a model, though, right? We got a little bit of a model, right? The, the brother sitting next to me, I want to ask him so a couple questions. They need to hear. No. Man, I, I want to um, ask him a couple questions about because he didn't mention anything about it though. But uh, if you know, you know. But if you don't, you don't. You may got to ask. So I just want to ask you, like, um, when did you get out of prison? And like, uh, how long you been out here living? On, on 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 this on this case that I went to the feds for with uh, Larry Williams, I did. They gave me um, thirty six months, and that's what you do. You know, you don't get halftime or nothing when you mess with the feds. I came home in 12. I left in 07. I came home in 12. But here's the thing. So so with the case, and not to really just get all off in that because we talk about the chance thing, right? So I don't want to get off topic. But the thing with the case is uh, with the feds, they gave me a certain amount of time, and then I still had to go to uh to the state, and I went to Raggedy Corcoran, and really the Fed was a cakewalk to go in the Corcoran. <laughs> but anyway, um, like I said, I got out. I got out twelve. I was supposed to get out in February, and it ended up since I owed the state time. I ended up getting out in July. It was a couple couple more months. But like I said, twelve. Yeah, but you know, like I said. Um, the challenge was I wasn't accepting, you know, all this no and turn back because when you get home, right, they say, okay, well, you can get this from, from the feds, the feds to help you do this. The state's going to give you this. How true is that? They all full of shit. Because <laughs> I came home begging from both of them because I wanted to see, was it put up or shut up? I went to the feds. I asked them. I, I couldn't even get bus passes. This dude stayed down the street. I tried to get any type of program. When they say they're going to buy you the shoes, like I'm begging. I want whatever y'all giving. I want it. All I got told was no, no, no. But the thing is that I got to be in your program. I got to come in this class all week. I got to do this. And I'm doing all that. And Honestly, I don't get shit from that. I didn't get nothing from it. Like, I was a problem child for the feds and because I was on both probation, federal probation, state probation. And really, I think the dude cut me off early on the state just to get rid of me because I was always begging and I was always in there talking shit and telling what they wasn't doing and what we supposed to get. But I was still making a way for myself like I'm. I did the the labor, you, what, the, the little fake labor where they send all the felons to anyway, because that's what that's designed for anyway. Where they give you a low wage, you're going to get $7, they're going to get 10 you know. 
all the bumps and the bruises, I had to go through that because also I had a family. And when I left, I, I left, I had a home that I was paying for. Um, I had a kid that was just going through, uh, he was getting ready to go to what, to fifth grade or something like that, D. And, and like I said, so, so I battled through all that, like, but I made my way myself. They didn't give me nothing and they can't credit themselves for giving me nothing. But like they had me going to the shrinks and all that. So the one shrink dude I talked to and he was saying, yeah, man, um, I've never seen nobody come. Okay. But you know, it's a group of us. So long story short, um, I got out in 12 It's 22 now. And now I can actually say that I'm comfortable. Let me get them. Let me get them right here. Let's clap some hands right here, y'all. Because he, he just so nonchalant about this thing. Like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, I know he's been home for a very long time. And let's, let's find out, like, what's going on? Okay, thank you, brother. Thank so, you, brother. So, so, yeah, like I said, um, they kept telling me no about my, um, about my trade. So I just kept putting in, kept putting in, kept putting in hospitals. I didn't care how many times I heard no. And so finally one hospital gave me an interview and then they were going to decline on me because they said that I didn't mention my record, but I said I clearly mentioned my record. I would not hide it because I know that's the obstacle that you guys are going to use first. But I also told the lady this. I told that lady, you know what? If you give me this opportunity, because I plan on writing a book about redemption, don't you think that you're going to deserve at least a page? Can I use your name in my book? Because you don't want to help me along. So she reconsidered mm -hmm. her. Uh, she reconsidered the no and said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. And here I am. But I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to accept no regardless. Like I was going to keep going because the position that I had and the way it was took was filed. So I couldn't accept that. And I couldn't, like, you know, sometimes when stuff happens to you, people want to put their anger on that. And I don't want to be angry about that because, like I say, I got a kid and a wife to get back to. I have a position with my people, you know, um, just to get, just to put, put something else on the table real quick. So, like, during this time, my son had a surgery while I'm locked up. I got to cry. You know, I ain't nothing I could do. He had two brain surgeries while I was locked up. Hey, tell us a little bit about that, though, uh, because the sister have a uh, thing called a mother's cry. Uh, uh, fathers have cried, too. So I'll just let's hear a little bit. Oh, definitely, because I'm like a, I'm like a hands-on dad. Like, my kids and being in practice and just whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Like, Rick knows, he, my family, everybody know each other. Um, but long story short, it was it was very it was very uh, it was very um, I'm trying to find a right word, but it, it it was just it was hard on me to have my kid have to have two brain surgeries while I'm incarcerated for a bad decision. You know, that don't sit well with you, especially when you're in your kid's life. That's 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 when the time get hard. And I'm the type that even when I did my time, I. I'm not calling home every day to see what you're doing. I'm trying to do my time. I went to school while I was there and I worked out. I kept myself in good shape, made sure I was healthy. Because when I got to prison, I seen too many people die from eating. Like that garbage that they give you. So I made sure I took care of my health. 
and I made sure I took care of my mental. And I learned a lot, you know, from various classes and stuff, credit, all this other little type of stuff. But like I say, so, you know, I got home and the goal was to make sure that within 10 years I would be back comfortable. And I'm not rich when I say comfortable, but I'm saying I'm comfortable. You know, um, Come on, y'all. Success story, y'all. Ten years. Y'all ain't been home ten years yet. Well, I be home ten years. Ooh. Start doing some dances around here. Again, y'all. I want y'all to talk to us about some of the uh like the second chances that like and when I say second chances, I don't mean like just coming out of prison. Could be somebody got out of divorce, you know, some or a, a new relationship. Like you thought that that love was gonna be the only it or, it, or you got uh I know my wife uh we had this car accident. And like she broke her knee or something. Something happened back to her knee. She had to get that thing redid. And now it's like, that's like a second chance in life. Girl, you get to use that knee now. <laughs> but um, I just think it's so important to think about uh, the opportunities that we have today and how like a lot of people like, uh, and I really just mentioned like, a, like we got relatives that still like, they still locked away. We have relatives that's no longer coming back, not because they, they locked away, but because like they, they're not in flesh anymore, right? And it comes from this lifestyle that we've been living out here. And uh, sometimes, like the brother says, you, you die from food. food. That's, like, that's not like a violent death, but it comes from our choices. So our choices got us in this bad place where they're giving us this horrible stuff. You know? Bad, bad decisions. And Nina, we got one person that haven't spoke yet. Um, he, he just came on, and I'm really curious about who he is. So... Yeah, Brother Michael, won't you introduce yourself, please? Good, good afternoon, everyone. And I hope you guys understand me. Uh, my name is Michael Gifford, and I was invited on a call uh, by my uncle, uh, uh, Derek. These uh, guys probably know him by Malik. Uh, I live in Los Angeles, California, and was born and raised in, in Oakland. Um, but I've been down in Southern California for the last uh, f 45 years. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a prosecutor with the district attorney's office. I've uh, been doing that for 27 years. Hey, what? And, oh, wait a minute. Hold yeah. on. We just stop for one minute. We just going to say, we just going to make this a bit like this is a moment right here. We got a district attorney in the house, y'all. People that been EA. people that sends us to prison. That sent us to prison. <laughs> but reality, all right, you guys, send us to prison, y'all. They didn't send us to prison. Our actions Boy, sent us to prison, yeah. right? The ones who, who who guilty, the ones who ready to take accountability, ones who ready to be yeah. responsible, and say, you know what, the DA didn't do it. I did it. I did it, and I don't have to do that stuff. It's a it's, a, it's another way. So go ahead, brother. Thank you for uh. Thank you for being here. Go ahead, but I'm sorry. Well, <clears throat> uh, when, you, when you say that about sending people to prison, I, I remember my daughter, when she was about four or five years old, she's, she's 23 now, and she's actually in our school. But she, uh, she said, Hey, you put people in jail, don't you? <laughs> and I said, No, uh, Tina. Uh, I don't put people in jail. Uh, I'm not the one that's responsible for them being placed in jail. Uh, 
But I just wanted to make sure she understood that it wasn't me who was putting them there. Uh, my job was to make sure that justice was served, especially, um, you know, I mean, I, I talk to people all the time. Some people say, well, why are you a prosecutor? Uh, you, you know, same thing. You're putting people in prison, you know? Uh, you know, I'm not putting people in prison. Do we want all the prosecutors to be white? Uh, I'm sorry. One second. Do we want all the prosecutors to be white? Do we want a little bit of diversity in Good our point. justice system? Good point. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I recall uh, a little humor that was shared by a friend of mine. Uh, he's a uh, prosecutor in, for U.S. Attorney's Office in Miami. He says, you have a defendant that comes into a courtroom. He looks around, he sees the right judge, he sees the right public defender, he sees the right bailiff, he sees the right court reporter, and he sees you, a black prosecutor. And what he's thinking is, he's counting on you. He's like cheering inside, come on, brother. I want, you know, I'm, I'm seeking justice. So, so bottom line is, you know, I could go on and on and on, uh, I mean, about things. Uh, I mean, I try to bring a different perspective. I try to see uh, truth and justice. Uh, I recall, you know, uh, I used to work with welfare for, and uh, one of the public defenders said, you don't understand my client. They were, they were guilty of uh, welfare fraud, you know, food stamps, uh, you know, improper use of food stamps, uh, section eight housing. And they said, oh, you, probably, you don't understand the right, the right public defender. And she said, you don't understand my, what my clients have to go to. And I said, you know what? I mean, she, you know, this is Los Angeles, so she don't know Oakland. But I said, you know, I live in the projects. I live in the 65th Village. My mom was a teenage mom at 17 having me. We was on food stamps. We was on welfare. We went to Haven Store. We went to Fremont. So we, we come straight from the hood, okay? I mean, I didn't say all that part. But my father been in prison. My grandfather been in prison. I had three brothers that been in prison. So... I'm not coming from a guy that's naive to what's going on in the system. And so I told the, the uh, it was a quick, quick game member, right over here on, on Swanson and Crenshaw, me and him having a little chat outside the grocery store. I said, would you rather that, that everybody in the justice system who decides your fate be right? And, you know, he had to think about it, and, you know, and I always say, I try to be fair, you know, I try to be just. Now, it don't, it don't always work out. But, you know, I take, you know, we have a lot of problems in LA right now because, you know, we try, well, not me, but a lot of our DAs are trying to get rid of the, of the uh, district attorney, Mr. Gasson, because, you know, he's, they say he's a little too lenient on prosecuting people. And then too many people want free route consideration of victims' rights. 
I believe my power system, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's my home, Malik, you know, basically he fired his over me, but we were raised pretty much together. He was kind of my big brother growing up, uh, you know, you know, in the hood of me. I mean, he, 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 he knows what I, what I went through, uh, but I mean, I don't have to give my, my testimony, but, uh, but the bottom line is, I just try to be fair. There are people who, uh, you know, I sent to prison. There are people who, if it was a white, a white DA, they probably got a strike on the case. But because of me, and you had some of my public defender friends, uh, we were able to keep selling strikes down for everybody, but some people. But the thing is, I just try to be fair regards to who you are, and just, you know, I seek justice. I mean, that's, that's all I do. And, and my own dear, or Marie, or, you know, whichever name is going by, he, he sent me a text earlier. I told him I was going to the football game. Uh, so I went and saw the 49ers be up on the, on the uh, Rams. I, you know, I just wanted to hop in and just be a part and see what was happening. Michael, Michael, thank you so much, brother. My name is Ricky Gaines. I don't know if he told you, but my name is Ricky Gaines. Um, this organization is called Returning Citizen Association. And it's just so awesome, man, how God works, though, right? To bring, like, uh, to bring you, who, who is a... Are you an active district attorney right now, or are you retired? Yeah, I, 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 I've been in the office for 27 years. Probably working out two or three. Hey, man, hey, man. So, look, can we, can, can we throw this out here right now? Can we just say that... Can you tell us that you could come back to one of our meetings? I don't know which one, but we'll try to organize it around something specific because this is this is very rare that, like, from our point of view, we get to sit down and talk with a district attorney and uh, as an African-American district attorney and look like you came from the hood that we come from. So, like, like man, it's, it's a whole lot here, man. You, like, you can yeah, show... I'm to pick his brain. Yeah, man, you know, like like... One thing that we talk about, the reason why we created this organization called Returning Citizen Associations because a lot of us come out of the institutions, uh, the ones who, who've done the work, we come out here and we, what we call successful returning citizens, right? So we have jobs, we got families, we don't commit crime, we don't hurt nobody, and we try to help people, right? This is a little small definition of success, right? Because our, our former life, I don't, I don't know if you heard the previous conversation, but um, I had a family member on here that was telling a little bit about like our past, our upbringing, and it wasn't so pretty. So we're, what we're trying to do today is show, be an example to the young people who are still struggling with this uh, mindset of crime, uh, mindset of drug dealing, you know, hustling, all that stuff. Try to show them that, hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? If we can do it, like we can show you, like, like it's possible, right? So right. you being a district attorney, like I said, like, just like we hope that we can have you back and we can organize a... Uh, discussion around like the uh the criminal justice system you know no i just want to i'm just so happy we got all these new people in here i want to welcome you guys and the sister that has a mother cry i'm so sorry for your loss and i would love to read your book when you finish it um i'm so interested in that um mr buford i grew up in 69th village so i know what you're talking about <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I grew up in 69th Village, and I'm so I'm glad you got out of the hood. I did too, in my perspective. I got out of the hood, 
Um, <laughs> yep, I'm from Oakland, born and raised. Uh, we, we grew up in the Twamps, and we moved to Funktown, and then we moved <laughs> to the 69th Village. <laughs> so, yep, all East Oakland. All East Oakland. But on another subject, you know, Ricky, I told you, and this is going to be quick. I told you last week, since this is, and I know I'm getting off the subject, but since this is um, Domestic Violence Month, I wanted to read this poem. You know, it could probably touch somebody or something. I don't know if you, you know, something that somebody's been through. You could be your sister, your mother, or whatever. I just want to read this poem. It's, it's from my perspective because I'm a domestic violence survivor. And I know I'm totally off the subject. I'm so no, sorry. You're no, you're not, Nina. You are perfect. This is perfect. Thank you. Okay, and I want to read this because this is really like a second chance for me, you know. Um, so I'm going to read it. It's called simply called uh, Domestic Violence. Um, first, it starts with a slap. Later, he's beating the crap out of her. He didn't mean it. He was upset about losing his job. Now that he lost it, he feels like a failure in the slob. Her supportive friend says, that's no reason to take it out on you. You've been by his side and paid your dues. While he's singing that same tired song, he's feeling bad. Wait, she's thinking, what have I done wrong? While he's singing that same tired song, he's feeling bad for a couple of hours. Why are you crying and hurting in the shower? He makes her feel like shit while people are saying, what a dumb bitch. Drugs have paid, played a major part. Seems they both have to make a new start. Why does she stay in this relationship when every other day she's getting whipped? Tell me, how can she get away when he's on her jock every day? Can't wear this, can't wear that. Sometimes she sleeps with a knife or a bat. What good does it do, though? Because he's running the show. In their eyes, it seems easy for her to leave, but she'd rather stay in it for her family not to grieve. It would be a shame to have such a loss just because her man wanted to be the dominating boss. Barely can call family or friends. She's at her wit's end. She never thought her man would hit her in a million years. It used to be happiness. Now she shed nothing but tears. She says to herself, he can change. Each day he's acting more and more deranged. Coming in the house already in a mad rage. Treating her like she belongs in a cage. The sad part is she loves him still. Even though he beats her in the grill. Today is broken ribs and a black eye. All she can do is put her head down and cry. One day she may have the courage to leave. Until then she must put him at peace about everything she does and say, hoping she won't end up in the coroner's office today. One more time in a hospital bed, wishing this time she was dead. Too young to have all this stress. All she does is pray, hope, and guess. What will tomorrow bring? A lot of anger, pain, bruises, and stings. She hates herself for not fighting back, being afraid in her own little apartment shack. She wants to give up so bad, but she keeps remembering what they used to have. Finally, she's at rest in peace. Nothing but silence. Another victim caught up in domestic violence. Well, of course, I didn't die, but at the end, but um, Nina, that's so powerful. Hold on. Right, God, Nina, we're gonna have a domestic violence topic. We're gonna have it. I don't know when, yeah. but we're gonna do it before the years out. Go ahead. Yeah. But I just want to welcome all the new people. Um, like I said, I'm interested in the mother's cry. I would love to hear that story more, and I'm just glad that we got this thing popping. Okay. Um, hi, Mike. This is my nephew, Michael Buford. This is my oldest sister's son. 
I want to introduce him again. Yes, he's a district attorney, but I remember when I teach him how to play baseball, how to play tennis, how to take them everywhere I went to. I made him walk home from Hayward Plunge lots of times back to Oakland because I wanted to get French fries and quarter pound. They was all into it. Him and my little brother who passed away um, last year. Um, I love you, Mike, for uh, participating in. My nephew's been through so much and stuff like that. And um, he caught, I remember I was in Pelican Bay and he wrote me a letter. He says, Hey, huh? I never thought you would be in prison. I thought you would be the judge of the family. And I kind of looked at him, I said, He thought like that about me, <laughs> you know? And uh, I really, you know, I never forgot it. And uh, we always kept things to um, a thing where me and him, we were real close. He came down here last, what was that, this, this year, Mike, and to uh, play me some pool. And uh, I had to beat you nine to three. You remember, bro? And uh, yeah, your uncle had to school you again because you know who the king of this family is, right? But um, like I said, um, I love you, man. I just really appreciate you. And I know that they appreciate you coming in and be able to put in. My, my nephew is just a good man all the way around. You know, and who else would you want in that position that he's in to do justice? I mean, here's a man that came out of 65th Village. Like, I stayed over there for a minute with him, too. We all out of the hood. And um, he came out the hood to be this knight in shining armor. And he teaches Bible studies. Man, he's just, man. We say that again, bro? The hood don't define what kind of person you are unless you let it. Exactly. It's a lot of great people. You know, it's a lot of great people come out the hood that you yeah. never know about because they don't say it. And I could tell you something else. The jailhouse is full of incredible people who just need a chance. I done seen geniuses up in there. Right, right. So yeah, the yeah. hood don't define you, man. I mean, I think I think I think when when we uh <clears throat> In some cases, especially when it's when it's street concerning, we we glorifying the hood, but we need to glorify the ones who come up out the hood. Regular people, though, everybody ain't got to be a superstar and shoot shoot baskets or run footballs. Like I'm proud of everyday people who just keep going through this struggle. No, for real. And I, I, it, it's so good to hear everyone's like second chance, so to speak, like Malik, you know, uh, I've heard, you know, about you when Ricky was in prison. And so to see you out starting your store, I'm just like, oh, look, he's a good guy. And then your wife is next to you. And, you know, this is a second chance. Like, 100%. You know what I mean? I mean, we've had many second chances, but I'm excited to work with you guys and see what y'all have, you know, for the future. You know what I mean? And then you, Ramon, I, I'm like, um, I'm so thankful for you to come on and share because, you know, a lot of what you said just hits home for me. You know what I'm saying? Because trying to overcome is trying to overcome, you know what I mean? And then, and I know like your domestic violence stuff, like for me, that hits home with second chance because my first uh, marriage, well, he's deceased now, you know, rest in peace. But uh, 
he was abusive, not physically abusive, but verbally abusive. And it was just really, um, you know, it just takes its toll, you know, but second chances, second marriage, just so much better. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's just the total opposite. So, you know, even when we were in the, um, I have had a knee injury too, though, for a while. And, and so with me being able to have that fixed, that was helpful. But really, I feel like my second wind in life right now is, you know, what me and Ricky are doing, like that relationship, because that's just a whole flip, flip of the opposite of what, what I was doing before. You know what I mean? And so our girls are, um, you know, all girls, we both have girls and, you know, they can, they are able to um, like feed off that, you know what I mean? Where, where before, you know, he was in prison and I was in this abusive thing and it's not like that no more. It's like, you know, we're just like full force ahead about life, love and healing and, you know, overcoming, you know what I mean? So it's it's a a beautiful thing. (laughs) I will say that for the record, um, domestic violence doesn't have to always be physical. It's emotional, it's verbally you know what I'm saying? It's not always physical, but more, majority of the time it is. But most of the time, you know, it's, it's, it's emotional. And it's Nana, you went on mute. Nana, you went on mute. Really yeah, I'm out. saying it's, it's, it's verbally and it's emotional. It don't always have to be physical all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, y'all can go ahead and finish what, what y'all say. But I just got some comments to make about that, too, because I think it's very important what y'all talk about. I think it's very, and then it's very important to have our women talking about it and then have the men hear that. And and another thing with, 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 um, a mother's cry, I understand when you were talking, when, um, Malik's wife, you were talking about not being able to be a part of the funeral process. My daughters, when their dad passed away, they didn't have a funeral and they didn't have no say in him being cremated. He was just cremated and they couldn't. They didn't have a burial. It was just really, really horrible. So I, I can understand. And it's a sensitive time that your loved one, you 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 need to be able to be a part of that and have that. You know what I mean? Like it brings it home. I know for them, they feel like like what happened because he just was cremated. There was no service. It was just really, really oh. not okay. So, so, yeah, so I think the domestic violence conversation... Oh, and thank you, Jareb. Uh We, man, yeah, that's that's uh, that's really tough. But uh, we don't know how. Like, like I want to talk about how to, like, what do y'all do about like when people pass and stuff like that? Because Nana had a, um, that's kind of how this podcast started. We was talking about like you, your issues with losing your mother and like how do you cope with that stuff. I want to have a conversation. Cause I, I think like people have different tips and different coping mechanisms that can help us. Though, um, it's all about this tool. Big old, like, like I, I, I give y'all a concept that we have on the inside. We call it, uh, uh, like, putting in your toolbox. So, like, we may learn something about how to process some kind of emotions or something like that, uh, bringing us to domestic violence. I think that it's so important that we talk about healthy relationships, how to create healthy relationships in our group and, like, consistently and, like, have classes, um, have these people coming in and talking to us. Like, like uh, Malik and his wife, like, they're going to be the experts now about the whole thing about Mother's Cry, because this is what they do. So now when, when uh, people come to us about that stuff, like we got somebody who to, where, to, where to refer them to. 
And that's the way that Returning Citizen Association operates. So if anybody out there that's doing work in the community, uh, like, and you think it can help people, like, <laughs> what better people to help than us, though, right? We got a lot of issues, and we're trying to get this stuff right. Uh, like my wife just mentioned, I mean, like, so second chances don't have to be about prison. Second chances could be about uh, a, a new relationship. Um, yeah, y'all can add anything y'all want to say, but I'm just um, throwing some points out there about, uh, man, this stuff is tough, and it's, it's so many topics. So so I was talking about second chances. I was talking about even, like, second chances. Like, I I failed in relationships, like, before. Like, I failed horribly. Like, like even right now, like, uh, when I say about my second chance of being home, like, there's still some things that I want to do, there's some uh, like better uh, attributes that I want to uh, exude, you know, I want to exhibit to my children. I want to, you know, exhibit to my wife. I'm still struggling, though. But I'm saying with my second chance, I don't like do I have the right to be like angry at people? And um, I know me and my uh, me and my oldest daughter, like we get into it a lot, like because we both strong will. I want her to do this. She want to do this. Right. <laughs> or I encourage her to do this. But lately I've been thinking about, like, do I have a right to, like, be upset about this or be this way about this? Because all of the opportunities that we've been given on this second chance, y'all, you know, I can go on and on. But go I'm so ahead. happy, and I'm happy that my nephew joined in because he can give us a lot of insight on being good and a lot of insight on what people are expecting of us. I think that this right here, coming from me, I'm like this. I say, in prison, why did time? They said, the CEO said, why don't you ever get in trouble? Why don't you do this? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing I said, because if I'm in control of myself, I don't have to worry about someone else being in control of me. I went to college. I did everything that I didn't do on the streets. And I accomplished those things. I came out after writing a program, a reentry program called Write Your Own Paycheck, as I mentioned earlier. And it helped me to be who I am, and I'm still doing it. Look, I got two more stores I got to get down with, okay? I want to leave my granddaughters, and I got a grandson on the way, okay, about a month now. I want them to have that. I don't, you know, I never had nothing. You know, Mike, no, we was all in the Six Fifth Village and stuff over there, rats and roaches. I never had nothing. My mom told me when I was like 12, she said, be happy for everybody else getting something. Stop being so, and I just stopped getting prayer presents at Christmas time. But I understand now what she meant. She died in my arms last year of a heart attack after I told her that my little brother was hit by a drunk driver and she died. And um, that's a sad situation. My wife's two years after that, before that, weird before that, her daughter got killed by a drunk driver on the highway. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff I'm going through right now. But like I said, I have to be the guy that doesn't act like he's sad about anything. I got to be this Everybody said, wow, you're just desensitized. No, I'm not. I got to be the leader. And the only way I can be the leader is to tell them that we got to keep pressing forward. We're going to keep moving on. I'm so proud of Rick. I'm so proud of everyone that's participating in this program. Hey, Rick knows I'm an old guy. I'm 67, right? And I'm just looking at y'all young people. And I'm so happy because I came out of the Panther Party, UEP and all them cats. And I'm so happy that we still exist within spirit. And I'm here in the flesh. So I'm so happy. I'm so happy today that you guys are all here. I'm so happy that you guys are making it happen. 
Oh man, Rick, you was a leader in prison. You a leader out here, and you got a little way to go. Hey. Don't, don't turn into Kanye. Don't forget what uh, Jarvis was saying. He was a, <laughs> he was always a leader. He's what did he call you, saucy? <laughs> what was uh, that? Yeah, class. Yeah, class. Yeah, class. Man, I think he yeah. kind of exposed me a little bit, y'all. He kind of exposed me a little bit. I was trying to tell him, don't do that. <laughs> you <laughs> jeopardizing yourself like that. You know? Slick Rick. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, well, hey, you know what I'm saying? But that's what time it is. And like I said, we all came, we all have a past and we all have a presence and we all have a future. But I think our future should really be dedicated to um, discipleship and to um, manifesting the glory of Jesus Christ. I think that we stop thinking about ourselves so much and just pay attention to God and his glory. You're going to all be successful because you got somewhere else to meet after this. Go, Hey, like I said, I'm not going to be long because I ain't got long to be here. So I love you guys. No matter what you say or what you do, I'm still going to love you. Um, I'm still here with the wife. The wife's over there talking to the security lady over there said, does she have a gun? <laughs> you know, very inquisitive. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Malik. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me explain that. So, so let me explain that, y'all. So, yeah, so so when you come mess with returning citizen associations, like, we're going to secure you, though. We're going to make sure that you're protected. Uh, I'll show y'all our, 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 our armed security. Like, it is because, like, like, like the brother said before, like he said something about um, our past. Like our past always been about like most things was done. Like I ain't gonna excuse the, the nonsense. Let me just say this: like we kept weapons around us, though, right? So anytime we go out somewhere, you want to be protected. You 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 had to have your stuff. Well, nowadays it's like what I learned is that people guns don't kill people. People kill people. Guns are not just bad. Like how how. Sometimes we can see it as bad, but it's not just bad. It's all about uh, the, the people who have them. But uh, uh, legally, myself, like, I'm not allowed to carry weapons. I'm not allowed to be, a, you know, um, own a weapon. But I'm still allowed to protect myself. So now what I can do is I can just hire security, right? You know what I'm saying? I like that. Real smart. I just want to say uh, something real quick. So, like, the game and all that. And, and the game is cool, and we play it. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. But my biggest, my biggest thing when I was doing what I was doing was always telling these youngsters, "Don't do what I do." I used to tell them to go to school and all that. So my son passed away, and one of my school classmates sung at at my son's funeral. And, you know, that was a real downtime, right? Like, that's just, like, super crazy. But here's the thing that got me over a hump from having her sing. And, I, I mean, I, I was like a class clown in school, so I used to torture them. Like, they used to get it. <laughs> but this sister who sung at my son's funeral, after the funeral was over, I went around up to her and I told her, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And she turned around and she told me, no, nah, thank you. And I'm like, thank me for what? So this lady had surgery one time at the hospital that I was working at. And when she, was, when, when she came up there, her son was in the lobby. And I see that her son was cold. So I went inside where the surgery was at, got him some hot blankets. And then I just sit down and I talked to him. And he was asking me about the job, about doing all that. And I explained it to him and told him it might be something that you want to get off into. So... 
doing this conversation of me telling her thank you about singing at my funeral and her telling me thank you. And the reason she told me thank you because her son is still processing. And he did that because of talking to me. That made me feel real good just to know something like that. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that with y'all. Like when you're trying to get your kudos, your kudos come from all kind of different places. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, y'all, we have a lot. We had a lot going on here. Like, um, most times. How old was your son? I'm sorry. Like, how old was he? What was his name? Um, his name. His name was uh, DMO Naheem Day. Uh, but he was the rapper, and they he go by the name a little deeper. And he was he was real close to achieving his goal. That's what he wanted to do. He was just picking up some steam, and he had a car accident going down 80. Yeah. Him and two he? little girls. Uh, he was 20. He was just getting ready to be 21. Yeah. Damn. So sad. But I know I meant when I say, like, a mother's cry. Uh, we also got father's cry, you know. Yeah. Like this community, and I just think that it's going to be so important to when we hear um, they want to uh, dedicate one entire show. I, 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 we're going to dedicate one entire show to that topic, and I just think that it's important to, uh, like he said, car accident. Um, Melissa's wife said car accident. Uh, one of our security uh, uh, person has has a. Has a history with that too. Uh, we're gonna let her. Speak. And we almost died. And I'll then, never forget December tenth. That was horrible. Oh, uh, his was. Uh, that was a freak lame. accident. That was some freak stuff. You, you can tell him about it. You know, uh, but what I was mentioning about the fact that, uh, and then yeah, Joe, you can tell him about it. Um, but but the fact how it ties to us. So so like recidivism, not going back to prison. How how that happens is how this thing ties to us. Understanding the impact of our violence, understanding the uh, like I I took a class and uh, no more tears. I'm gonna bring Lonnie Morris here or, or uh, Mick Gardner here, and they're gonna explain everything about no more tears to you guys. One of the organizations that's responsible for changing my life, for helping me understand the violence within me, and and uh, it is a class called managing the violence within you. So you have to understand first of all that it's something inside of you that you can. Like, like Nana said, domestic violence. Um, like, these are all the issues that we be, be talking about, and then we try to get a, a, a like a handle on ourselves because because it's so it's so not uh, possible to control another human being. I don't care what anybody thinks. And when you think about it, that you control somebody else, what those are the tricks that we play on ourselves. So the the thing is about controlling ourselves. If we control ourselves, I always say that if I control me, like my job, the rest of the world is easy. Because if I can control me, my tongue, my thoughts, my body, my action, you know, all of that stuff, trying to control another person, that's where we start running to the problem. That's where we start talking about domestic violence. Then we start talking about this. Then we start talking about that. So. Oh, just let me say this, Ricky. Yeah. I guess. It does tie, like the domestic violence does tie to second chances. Because I know some women you know, either from the news or personal that has lost their life with domestic violence. So I guess I do like have a second chance far as 
far as that is concerned because some women have been shot, stabbed, you name it. And, you know, I guess I have a second chance. That's why I'm using my voice about it. You know, you got to recognize the red flags. Definitely recognize the red flags. That's what it is. Just this past weekend at my daughter's school, she had a boyfriend and she had a son who was 18 senior. He was in band with Sarah, our youngest. And then she had a freshman um, son who was at their school as well. And he shot them all and shot and turned the house on fire and then shot himself. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Wait a minute, so. say that again. Say that again, like clarity, like clear what, what happened. What was that? Because I was confused. Um, I said uh, she's talking about domestic violence, like how she didn't lose her life. So I'm saying it, it can go that far. I said just this past week, um, Sarah's um, band member, her co-band member in band, he's 18. He's a senior. He plays trumpet. She plays trombone. He was shot. His brother was shot, and he's a freshman at the school as well. He was 15. He was 18. And the mother, he sh- they shot their mother. And he shot the three of them. The only reason why they know it was shots because he was on the phone with his girlfriend. She heard the shots. She reported it. Um, but he shot himself and lit the house on fire. So when the police arrived, to the response of the gunfire, the house was on fire, you know, so they all lost their lives. It was four of them, but it was a form of violence. I mean, I don't know what triggered him. We don't know the details. They haven't released all that stuff, but it's still like, you know, who knows what type of little hidden abuses were going on before that. Right. That's very important. I got a lot out of it. I'm, I'm happy about, the prosecutor, you know, like Michael, I, I love that you're here. You know, just, you know, it's important for you to say, you know, all, all prosecutors don't need to be white. You want to be fair in distributing justice. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's important because it, there does have to be a balance, you know, and it's good to come full circle almost. That's like, you know, coming coming around the mountain, you know what I mean? So um, I'm, I'm so happy that you tapped in. And I'm happy about Malik and your grand opening. I will not be there. I'm in Texas now, so I will fly in. Uh, I fly in at the uh, end of the month is when I come in. So maybe we'll be, if we have time, we should have time to stop by and, and see the store. And I was happy to meet your wife and hear about a mother's cry. You know, death in general is just hard. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, even though their father was a uh, what do you call it? Jerk or crappy crapper, you know, <laughs> creepy was the word I'm looking for. Creepy is creepy person. You know what I'm saying? They're still their dad. They still mourn. I mean, it's just a, a death in general can be hard, you know? Um, but, uh, and then to hear Raymond's story, I really like the overcoming. He's like, I'm not taking no for an answer. You know what I'm saying? So I really, I love that. I love that. I'm like that. I'm, I'm like, what, what do you mean? No, that don't, that is just, that word doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not doing no. We're doing what? Baby, say this again, too. <laughs> Look, I, I said his name right because I spelled it wrong. Um, his name is Ramon. I'm sorry. Can you say his name one time? I mean, Ramon. Ramon. Did I say Raymond? Yeah. I spelled it like I messed it up, Ramon. <laughs> Ramon. 
Ramon, Ramon, Ramon. Yeah. Okay. And I, I like, I just liked hearing him talk about everything he's talking about. I like, you know, your tone, you know, it just, you have wisdom to what you're saying. And, and I really liked it. You know what I mean? Uh, just all, all the way around. And I really um, want to hear more from you and hope that you continue to tap in or join. You know, even though I know you want to start your own podcast, maybe y'all be partners. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, and I always love to hear your everything. <laughs> but, um, and Jarvis, you know, um, I grew up with them. So I do know who that is. Uh, back in the days, I know his brother. Um, I went to Central High School too, and um, so I I was so um, overcome with a little bit of a, of emotion, but like like I was humbled because he had so much love for you, Ricky, and the love that he had for you, and like you know, it's like he ad admired you so much. So I was really um, what happy. Oh, I was saying, like, what kind of emotion did you, was you overcome with? I'm curious. Ha happy that he he has so much love for you like that you know he had a lot of love for you a lot of respect for you and that's a great that's thing. up to you mm -hmm. right um thank you y'all um i don't know what happened to his phone i really want him on here because i want him to uh like he so there's other people like there's people like him and other individuals that's going to be uh, uh coming through that has a connection with the community that um like, like, like people told me one time uh, that, you know, my hood is no longer my community, right? And not, not in a bad way. He didn't mean it in a bad way. He was just saying basically like, like, bro, that's not your community no more. Why? Why? He was saying because basically the people that's out there doing the things that right now, they don't know me. They only know me through the song that I just mentioned that got my name in there or through somebody else's story about me. Right. So, wow, that was a realization. I was like, wow, because, you know, we always like this is my hood. And I didn't say she grew up over here. She was like, that's my city. That's my town. That's my. Ooh. So that's how we feel. But the reality is that when we get down on the ground. Like, like I literally seen when I was out before I went to prison, I literally seen a guy that came home on the same day he came home. He was murdered in my hood, like literally almost steps away from me. So what I'm saying is that, like, not understanding stuff and just walking through like you own the world when you don't own a piece of property over here and thinking that this is this, 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 this stuff leads to death and destruction, y'all. So we just want to talk this stuff out. We want to communicate with the people that's, you know, like I say, that's what I like to call is tapped in. It's some people that's tapped in, man, and they know what's happening and they're going to uh, lead the way when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like... For this stuff that we're on, we tapped in. We tapped Mo said he's been home ten years, taking care of his business. You know, you know one thing that that you have to appreciate right now more than anything is that we all still here. And I say that because and do you realize How ignorant we was back then, and ignorant don't mean stupid. Ignorant just mean you don't know. Cause I know I ain't stupid living now because it's a 
a lot of names you write off the list, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's a good thing. That's a second chance alone. And when you get a second chance, you got to really, it's because there's so many distractions all the time for of your family. People depend on you. You get pulled a lot of ways. So to stay focused and disciplined and to be here right now is a total blessing. And that's the second chance. I think that what helps to not be distracted and stuff, I know Ricky was like, I'm not going to my old zip code. And Kamani touched on it the last time, too. And he was like, he's moving. He moved somewhere. He didn't go back to L.A. He went up north somewhere. He didn't know anybody just to start over. He wanted to give himself that fresh start. And even I remember when Ricky was he was in there 10 years before he got out setting up his parole plan, his five-year, 10-year process. And one of the things that was in that is I'm not going to my old zip code. Now, I didn't know what he meant at the time, like all that breakdown, but now I do. <laughs> yeah, like not initially. Like, 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 I feel like I... I feel like I wasn't healed enough and I'm still not all the way healed y'all, you know, just honestly, like, because I feel like that, um, there's still like, we become addicted to the lifestyle. We, we become addicted to that kind of admiration that you heard the, uh, the young brother, uh, talk to me about like, right. And it's about, it's a lot of more, you know, so that stuff can start to influence you. People listening to you. I want you to listen to me do the positive stuff though. I don't want you to listen to me do the another stuff. no. No, no, no. We're doing this stuff. So um, I'm just trying to get myself strong enough to where I can be able to be of assistance. And this is my way, right? This is one of the ways that I'm able to do it. Um, I still go back to my neighborhood. Don't get me wrong. I still go back to the city. Um, I still go do things. But I don't do, like, I have no purpose there right now. Like, I don't work there. You know, I don't live there. Uh, and on, 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 on. Like, we could talk more and more and more. That's like, crazy. You know, I got family stuff there. Like, we go visit people. We go talk to people, but then we go and take care of our business. But um, in closing, let's go to the DA. I'm, I'm so I'm so honored. Wait, wait. Before I go to him, let's just give uh, Moan, because uh, we're going to end it with Malik. I'm going to give him a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, for, for Moan, though, y'all, he made a call to me. He called out. He reached out. He did. He did what I think is that. What should be capable? What we should be able to do? You extended that branch, man, and I appreciate it. You could have said something else, but that's what it's all about. Like, if somebody get at me and it's something I could do, or I could point them in the right direction, that's what I do. I don't even really got to know you that good. Like, there's a couple people that ask me about the job that I do. Next time I see them, I give them the book. Mm. Now, this is going to really determine on what you want to do. Do you want to do this or do you just like you talking about it to you? You read the book and you you tell me, okay, well, what can I do next? I'm going to point you in that direction too because we're supposed to be uplifting each other anyway. So, yeah, man, I definitely appreciate you just for having me on, you know. I'm always juiced up and nervous at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, so look, look. So he hit, man, he look, he called me up. He called my man, look, I... I I, I really like what you're doing, um, uh, and, and like on and on and on. And then we just had a conversation. I said, "Hey, well, you know what, man? You're you are welcome. You are invited." Um, and I laid out a, a little bit of like uh, what what Malik was doing, and um, I invited the brother. The brother struck from Sacramento, y'all. Sacramento to Vallejo. Like we in Vallejo right now at Malik's store. Like that's our dedication. 
that we're talking about. And I tell my team, look, I like to work with people, and it's not always a given, right? I like to work with people that, like, when somebody hired me to do the job, they don't have to tell me to go to work. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have to tell me to do this. Like, I'm going to say this last thing. I, su- I don't suffer fools gladly. I don't. Because I had to do so much to transform my life and get me in, 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 a, in, a, in a place that, oh, my God, it's like being accountable. Like, you know how many times we blame everybody or being responsible? You know, if it's messed up, it's messed up on my watch, guess what? I don't know what happened, but I'm responsible. Let me fix it. Let me try to fix this thing. Let me, you know, let's dig in and let's try to. So, like, the community that we uh, had a part in destroying like, I don't know how much, like, uh, I got some elders now that's talking to me. Like, I talk to these elders that, you know, they got, they like politicians. Like, like now we got a new one. Michael, I'm telling you, Michael, I'm about to come to you right now, brother. But we got these elders that know a little bit of history, know a little bit of uh, knowledge about stuff. And they say, hey, man, you know what? The conditions of the community and stuff like that, it wasn't your fault. Like, we don't have airplanes. We did not build a, uh, cocaine fields and all that stuff. We didn't do that stuff. But... Or, or the gun. We don't manufacture guns. We don't do stuff. So they kind of say, you know, it's not your fault. It's, it's, it's like a bigger political thing. Well, that's okay, right? But that don't help me be accountable and be responsible for my behavior. Remember what I said? I, I, I like to be in control of me. That's the main thing I like to do. Because if I'm accountable and, and in control of my behavior, then I possibly... Like, if I'm not committing crime, then I'm def- definitely right now contributing to less crime. And if I can talk to another brother who can talk to another brother or sister, see, this we start to make some changes, though. And, like, so just being, like, people who, like, the reason why I say I don't suffer fools gladly because some people make so many excuses. You make so many excuses, and you're never, ever going to take responsibility. What happens is we can't run, we can't do anything like that. We can't do, the man called, he said, well, I'm going to be there. So guess what? So I'm waiting on him to call. When I leave my destination, I'm waiting on him to call. Like, brother, I'm like, oh, well, I guess he ain't going to make it. So I call. I call Malik 10 minutes before I get here. No, actually, I, yeah, I called Malik. Malik was already here. He, long story short, I called a brother. He's sitting here already talking to Malik. Before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm talking about, I'm talking to my people out there. I know y'all capable. I know we capable. Man, like, I know it. We was very capable in the street. We was very capable of doing all this negative stuff. I know we capable of doing this, uh, this, this positive stuff. I know it. Because we're doing it. We get examples after examples after examples. And I just want to give him his, his, his credit, man, because, like, he showed up, man. That same pressure when you're trying to get right. It's so easy to get wrong. Come on, bro. Tell him what you, what you say. Hold on. I'm sorry. I so say you got to apply the same amount of pressure when you're trying to get right. You know how easy it is to get wrong. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Thank you, Nina. All right, let me, uh, let me go this day because this is, this, is, this is huge right here, y'all. Uh, we got a Los Angeles district attorney sitting here on a Returning Citizens Association meeting. We want to build a relationship with you, brother. We want to build a friendship. We want to build a consultancy. We don't want to talk about your, your legal job. Like, that stuff is not even, like, our, our importance. Like, like, like how, who, who guilty, what happened is, nah. Nah, 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 nah. And I don't even know how we're going to talk about it right now, but we got something way more powerful to talk about. And I want you to understand this, though. 
this is this is so tricky because like I don't know if this right. I mean, if this true or not. But when you when I identify who you was and I got all happy and stuff. <laughs> one of my homeboys, he got off the phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't know if it's, it's because I got to talk about the DA because, you know, we ain't supposed to be all happy with the DA. Not where I come from. Right. We ain't all happy with the police. You know, that's that's just not what we do. Man. So I just want to be honest with you, like, about, like, this is this is a real transition. And, and, and now I can sit down and talk to the police. I can sit down and talk to the district attorney. I can sit down and talk to any, I can sit down and talk to anybody about these issues because they're life or death for us. I spent 24 years in prison, and I ruined a lot of lives. It's different when you get real grown. Yeah. And there's always two sides to a story. Like, there's always two sides. I mean, you're not alone. And, like, it's not just you in the world. There's this whole thing. There's community. There's law. There's state. There's, you know what I mean? Thank you, honey, because what's... So what's significant about us is we are a returning citizen association. We call ourselves, like this is in closing. I know we kind of extended the time here. A uh, little special thing going on. But uh, we are, we call ourselves a returning citizen association. And that word citizen is, is clearly very important. And the reason why we say that because a lot of times we identified ourselves as, like he said, uh, uh, we was in the mob. We was in this. We was in that code or this group or that group. Or this. We identified ourselves. We became. Uh, uh, we identified with this 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 lifestyle. And the citizens, we didn't know. We didn't like. They was nobody. Even though you don't like for where I was from, like we didn't mess with people who wasn't involved with the, with the street life. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> that was they were squares. The squares was like like I always tell my wife. It was like this whole. It, Airplane model. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Up is down, down is up, right? This is so stupid, but we lived this life, y'all, and we did it to the fullest. And what happens is now when I start to come to realize what, I, what, what he said about maturity, a citizen, is it bad to be a citizen? Is it bad to be a citizen to pay your taxes and follow the law? And enjoy it's such a privilege to be a citizen of the United States, especially when you look at what's going on. I ain't gonna lie, I love the citizen right part, now. but I could I do mean, without the taxes. <laughs> I mean, but you can be in somewhere like Iran, you know what I mean? I mean, a lot is going on there. Like, and what is where's the war? Ukraine. It's just it's we're privileged here, but I mean, I know everyone can say different stuff, but it's just oh, you're of, right. You are so right. It, like, like even as an African American man, I don't know. If I'm, I'm, I'm gonna show y'all. Like I'm an author. Um, um, uh, we started this publishing company while I was in prison, 2016. My first book. I made it a, a point to make my first book. The uh, the front cover is get the cover, but the back of the cover of the book got the American flag. And the reason why I got American flag is because I was sitting in prison in America, and I was able to write a book and get it published. You hear me? I was in prison doing a life sentence. I didn't know when I was coming home. And I said, you know what? And I feel all kinds of things about the uh, negative uh, 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 history of, especially with African Americans in America. Like I, I got all my feelings, and they work. But I also understand what my wife just said: the privilege that we have as citizens in the United States of America. 
as much stuff is going on, and like when you think about the Kanye controversy and all that stuff, like there's stuff going on, but there's other stuff going on too. <laughs> she, she just mentioned the Ukraine war, and we can mention all different countries, right? And I tell you, guarantee you, them people in them countries would love to be here going through some of this stuff that we going through. Mm. <laughs> so I ain't gonna go Can't too much. Too. Hey y'all, we go. We got we got real topics that we gonna talk about here. Um, let me just give it to Michael right quick. Michael, man, I really appreciate you coming here. I don't know what you think about us, but I pray that you just trust our process. Um, we we get better with time, man. That's what we do, man. We get better with time. You know, uh, we learn how to do this one life before. Um, like I've been, I tell my peers that I was I was uh, I was misdirected. You know, I was uh, what you call. Uh, I, I read a book by uh, Carter G. Wilson say the, the miseducation of the Negro when I was in prison, and that woke me up about big stuff, right? But I'm saying like I was miseducated in the street life, like to the street life by my so-called peers, you know, and, and relatives and stuff about life. Because what happens is yeah, they was fake fun. This thing's a natural thing, though. If you was born in a drug uh, hustling household, with the chances that you're going to come out to be a drug hustler or something to do with drugs is very, very high. I'm not the only one. This 2022, you think it stopped? I don't want y'all to think that it's over now because I'm woke up or because this brother's woke up. There's kids right now, 12, 13 years old, that's going through a struggle that we went through when we was 12, 13 years old. And I landed myself, I found myself my way to the streets. I made, uh, 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 I justified it by, you know, my electricity getting cut off. My mama not paying the bills. Uh, you know, all kind of stuff. We, You know, things that happen. Like, uh, I heard somebody say this the other day. They said uh, their mother coming by the house to get asked money from their mother, like, like they stay with their grandparents, and the mother coming by the house to ask, ask their, her mother for money, but not saying I love you to the kid. And that affected the kid. Guess what? It happened to me too, but I never thought of it like that. Like what makes us go out into the streets and be uh, this impulsive, uh, uh, like mm. have all these feelings of abandonment, have all these, uh, these feelings that we, that we take out on the world, right? And all we're going to do, we're going to try to explain that stuff and, like, uh, uh, give people options and people, people opportunities to, like, heal from that stuff and get, you know, get real training, man, to get you some real uh, legitimate income, man, you know? So that's where we at, but it's a long-term process, so I, I just hope that you'll be able to, if, if you stick around us a little while, you can trust the process, you will see uh, this thing grow and grow and grow. But, Michael... Um, I just want to throw it back, throw it back to you. Uh, you give, just give us your closing words, your closing statements, um, and we just thank you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, first of all, I mean, thanks for letting me get on air with you. Uh, I have a verbal problem and uh, you know a speech problem, basically, which I've gotten over the last. Take your time, no worries, brother. Take your time. We and uh, you know, just to give you just some background of that. Uh, I'm a two-time cancer survivor. Uh, once from 20 years ago, and the most recent one was about six years ago. But I had radiation and chemotherapy, and that that's what caused my voice over the last. And that was 20 years ago. And that's what caused my voice, uh, my vocal cords, and other things. You know, there's a side effect of it. So I just wanted to 
you know, it may be some words that you may not understand where I'm speaking, but I just wanted to, you know, I mean, just explain, you know, what's called that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really inspired by you guys. I mean, listening to, to everyone, uh, you know, it, 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 I mean, it's so positive, so positive. Uh, <clears throat> it's good to see, you know, some black men who, you know, uh, take care who have a, a drive and a passion, and, you know, regardless of, you know, where you came from, uh, regardless of your background, I mean, it, 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 it makes me feel good. You know, it makes me feel good that there, there is still hope out there, you know, for, for our people. Uh, I, I was really impressed by uh, uh, Nina's poem. Uh, you know, that was, that, was, that was a great piece of work. I mean, I'm like, wow. That work should be published, uh, e you know, either in a spoken word, uh, you know, venue or uh, in, in a book with you know other poems. But it definitely, I mean, I, I, I mean, I haven't heard much better than what she uh, wrote. I mean, that was that was a great piece of work, and uh, I was you know quite quite impressed by that, you know. Thank you me, so much. You, you're welcome. You know, with me, uh, you know, you, you uh, I, I, I forgot your name. Uh, the, the leader of this, Ricky. Ricky, okay. <clears throat> Ricky, I was one of those uh, nerds, uh, you know, growing up, you know, uh, you know, you know, some people, like my sister, she's a year younger than me. And my sister would always say, Michael, why are you so different <laughs> than everybody, right? You know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I hold my uncle a lot, uh, but, you know, but my uncle and my aunt, and, you know, they were, they were like more like my big brother and big sister. And they were always joke. And, you know, I remember when I was a teenager, me and my other uncle who passed away, his brother, Derek, Malik's brother, we we were basically like brothers. We were born on the same day. I'm two hours older than my mother and grandma had babies the same day. So we grew up like, like brothers. So uh he was you know, he was real smooth. I mean a ladies man, you know, right right his big brother, uh, Derek, you know, I mean I mean, he, I mean he emulated him, uh, you know. And I, and, and, and I would always tell my uncle Derek, um Lee, I'm like, man, and when he said about that judge, I don't remember telling him that or writing that in a letter that, that he should have been judged. But that's how I that's how I thought about him. I was like, man, this dude is so bright, so brilliant. This when we were teenagers. I mean, when he was at 16, 17, we were at 11 or 12. And I always, I mean, back then, I was like, man, this dude had so much talent. I mean, it's kind of like I was envious. Of that, I'm like, wow, how can somebody get so talented? And so I always thought there would be great things that would come from him. But the thing is, you know, he was slipping, falling, getting in trouble, and, you know, and it would be very disappointing, you know, when I would see him fall. You know, but, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that he, I mean, he, he, he basically he knows what he's supposed to do. 
But the thing I keep telling him is, that, man, be patient. Don't give up. You know, stay on course. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that, for me, that's that been different. I mean, one, I mean, I say, when I was a boy, they would go about me on my own eyes. Yeah, right. he, we know Michael can't go. His mother's not letting him go anywhere. And my mother was, was really hard hard on me. I mean, she would be, she would, I mean, you know, most of us have parents who would beat you, you know, and mine was not accepted. And, and that, along with my interest in sports as a kid and playing sports growing up, kept me out of a lot of trouble. And God, and God, I always ask myself, God, why did you give me so much favor? What you know, you know, why did I get this blessing? And uh, even with, with his brother, who died last year, brilliant, very brilliant young man, but he was taken over by schizophrenia when he was 16. And I always wondered, you know, I'm like, wow, what could have been? What could have been? And so I see the favor that God has had for me in my life. Even, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, step, my office, the DA's office, I was just telling my mother, I told my mother this week, I was doing a phone with her last, her last week, I said, Mom, there's probably nobody, you know, we have 900 DA's in our office. I said, there's probably no other DA in our office who has the, the background that I have. You know, as far as, you know, my grandfather went to prison for murdering somebody. My father served time in San Quentin. My brother, you know, he said, my brother, even my son, my son has two strikes. You know, and people say, oh, well, he could be insulated from that stuff because his dad is DA, but he ain't insulated. He was stupid. He decided, you know, to do something foolish. Now, fortunately, he never went to prison for the strike. Unfortunately, he hasn't had any trouble since that, but it was still the worst thing that ever happened to him. So, you know, people, you know, as I was saying, my mom, mom, if people in this office knew some of my background, and so some of my background, I don't share with people in the office. So I don't want them to know. I don't want them to know. I just, I just sent a letter to a guy who I knew from a little boy. When he was when he was a little boy, he used to watch my car. He affiliated with the Bloods growing up. Well, he's in prison right now. He's doing about 70 years in prison. For a lot of stuff. He killed a man. I'm trapped the CHP. I'm going to two of them. But he did some foolish stuff. So he went to prison about seven years ago. And... Uh, you know, I was always wondering, I'm like, man, what, what's going on with him? So about a month ago, I wrote him a letter in prison, to prison. <clears throat> I mean, I had been wanting to write him for a while, but I never did. And I said, you know what? I'm going to write him a letter. I just told myself. So I wrote him a letter, you know, told him I was thinking about him, and I knew what happened. You know, his mom had passed away. And I knew that the problem he had in his life. You know, I mean, it really hurt. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't know if he's ever getting out. You know, and, and that was one reason why I want to write him. Because you're like, well, I'm on outside. But he wrote me back. 
about two weeks after that, he wrote me his long letter. And he told me, I mean, he said when he saw the letter and he saw the address on the letter, he knew it was from me. And he said, he, and he knew I was DA too. And he, always, he said, I was wondering how you were doing and how your family was doing. And it brought, he said, it brought tears to my eyes that you wrote me back. I mean, that you wrote me. Because people don't write me in here. And the only you think about me, he said, I'm, I'm crying right now as I'm writing through this letter. You know, it may, I mean, I, mean, I had to share it with some, some of my uh, family members. But, but I'm glad that, I mean, I'm glad that he, he have, he felt enough about me to cry, to think about the endearment and doing things. So me and him almost died into it one day. I mean, when he was high with the middle world. Fortunately, we were close to blows, but somebody stepped in and stopped it. And then the dude apologized to me two days later. Because he's, I mean, he's only like 30, no, I mean, he's like 39 years old now. So he's been in for about, man, he's been in for about seven, eight years now so far. But me, I try not to give up on people. Okay, I mean, regardless of what you you went through, I try not to give up on you. I never gave up my, on my, my uncle. Uh, I, I tried to beg him and come back in my car where I wasn't able to, but, you know, I'm, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying not to go on a chance, but, but getting back to, 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 to the main point is that I'm, I'm just impressed. Excuse me, by by your group and what you guys want to do. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, you guys talk about some of your your your, your wounds, and uh, I'm I'm in this uh, book right now. This is Christian book. One second, I'm sorry. This is book I'm reading right now. What's it's called Heal. Time healing is a choice. Mm. <clears throat> and it goes into your past. It goes into things you've, you've done. I didn't have a relationship with my father. And, I, you know, because of stuff like that, and because of lack of intimacy for my mom, I have I have healing that I need, still need to do. And that's why I'm always telling Marie, man, you got you to work on yourself. You know, you can't just just stay stuff is gonna go away. Mm-hmm. You have to, whether it's counseling, whether it's prayer, you you have to go back and, and straighten out those things. So my father, he passed away, right? And I mean, I, I had a lot of bitterness towards him, but I never told him that. Okay, he, I mean, he wasn't really in my life. And my my. My father was a pimp and a drug, and a drug, uh, and so drug. And, uh, you know, I mean, definitely not something to be proud of. And, you know, but that was the most important thing in his life. Yep. Right? And so, at one point, he straight, he cleaned his life up. 
and I, and I was like, man, in my mind, I'm like, what's the catch here? Why are you so nice to me now? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, there's got to be something. But basically, he was dying. You know, mm -hmm. 10 years later, he ended up dying. Mm -hmm. But as part of my healing, I just, you know, since I never went to him specifically and talked to him and told him or confronted him, I went to his grave a year ago, a year ago uh, last week. And I was at his grave site. And I, and, and I basically said, and this is for me, I basically explained to him how he hurt me and the wounds that I had. And, and that I didn't have a father. How I watched this around to other boys that had fathers in life. And that's the you know, envy that you have when, you, when you, you're missing that male role model in your life. Man. So it, 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 it was always hurtful. And so I carried that into adulthood, you know, along with other things. And that messed up part of my marriage, you know, uh, the lack of intimacy with my wife, you know, I mean, sex was fun, but I wasn't intimate. But I didn't know how. Yep. And I kept going up. Yep. But I told my dad, I said, you know what? I forgive you. I forgive you. Uh, I didn't like you. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry. I apologize. In order for me, and I'm just saying this to you guys, you guys got to go and get forgiveness. You know, I don't know what kind of, you know, what kind of issues you may have. But if you don't clean up your past, and reconcile with people in your past, whether it's your children, your mother, your best friend, people who hurt you, the joint is not going to go away. Mm -hmm. You have these reminders, you get a triggering device, some will trigger something from your past, mm -hmm. and then you'll be like, you'll be like, feeling like, hey, you thought you left that person behind you. You, your personality, you thought your personality was gone. That you was a new man. And you're like, man, why am I acting like that now? I, I left that all behind me. Hmm. And you and got triggered and right there today, present. Yep. And it's going to keep popping up. Yep. Unless you, you got to heal from your past. You can put on, you can make yourself look good now. But if you don't fix that past, man, you can resort back to it. Thank you, Michael. Man, you making me, man, you making me tear up over here, man. Just thinking about the wisdom, man, that you're sharing with us, man. I don't, like, I don't hear a district attorney talking. You know what I'm saying? I don't hear a district attorney talking, man. I just hear side up. You know what I'm saying? I just hear a human man that's that's talking, like a man to man talk, like, and I, man, man, it's deep, man. It's really deep. And, and, that, and that's how I try to talk to people at work. You know, you know. Uh, you know, the stuff I be saying, people sometimes be like, uh, you know, it, it made people uncomfortable. You know? And, uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to make you comfortable. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not what I'm, I'm here for. You know? I and so, it. you know, but, but, but I, 
I mean, I, I, I like what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, it is taking the action B, you know. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm always open to, to help it, you know. So, I don't know if I can help you a lot, but, but, but. I'll help as much as I can. Uh, we're going to meet again next week. Uh, um, uh, Malik and his wife is going to be uh, here. Uh, you definitely are uh, welcome. And we'll figure out how to uh, change information. Like We got a website and all that stuff. You can uh, find our emails on there. Malik got my phone number and all that stuff. We can uh, change numbers. But I would love to have a real connection um, with you. First of all, from a uh, – like – First of all, uh, I just seen the DA thing, and that that is that is huge. Uh, connected to what we doing here, that like that like signifies Whole something. Insight. You know what I'm saying? That like signifies something to everybody out in the world that when the DA come talk to us, or or DA, or we have a law enforcement with us, that means something totally different, right? From a one people's point point of view, but from another point people point of view, people look at us like, hold on, they got the DA with them. What's up with them? <laughs> but, but we can get over that part. That's nothing. I'm not worried about none of that stuff. I'm going to tell y'all right now. Uh, we know, you know, anyway. But the other thing was about what you, like, you just talking to us as a human being. You, you talking to me as an African-American man, talking to me, and us being able to share this African-American, this, this, what we used to call it inside is that we've been taught by this male role belief system. So we've been taught all these different things in the male role belief system that sometimes go against the reality of, of, of life. Like, I'm the head of my household. I say what goes. Da -da -da -da, da -da -da -da, right? And that causes a problem because, you know, that's not all true. Right? Uh, sometimes well, my wife has the best idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes she no, makes sure. more sense. Right? And she, I'm glad she's here because sometimes she thinks that I don't believe that but i'm telling you right now like my woman she 10 times run me uh, uh do laps around me i'm sorry that you don't believe it sometimes you just don't like it because you do want to be the head so so yes that's another thing about our groups and our meetings man male us, ego you know right but us, by us being here, and us being able to communicate yeah there she go us being able to communicate like we help each other we men sharpen men like iron sharpen iron and that's why I always I always rub elbows with Malik we always touch bases about something because it's something that we can like motivate each other or and uh, inspire each other about but this thing here this is about I'm gonna throw one word out there and I'm gonna have some other member uh, explain what that is. Let somebody here know what this is. But it's a word called living amends. That word living amends is very powerful. You got to go? Okay. Um, oh, my God. We got security here, and, and we are paying them by the hour, and we over time. Okay, so living amends. Living amends. If anybody can tell us what that is, that's cool. But this is what this is right here, though. This is living amends in action. All right. And um, for our audience, thank I'm going to go ahead, honey. Go ahead. I was saying thank you, everybody. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring someone here from uh, from association that, that explained like uh, uh, Kimani touched on it a little bit. And I was going to ask him then, but I don't want to cut him off. But living amends is something so important about what Michael was talking about, about getting that healing from our past. 
you know, it's not like like some people say, I forgive you and it's over. But it, but but for some of us, it's it's a little bit more than that. Because some things we've done, like it can't ever be like corrected, right? So we try to continue to do what we call living amends. <laughs> so uh, thank you. Yes. For next week, for next week, I have a guest that I'm bringing on. If you guys from Oakland, you know about Frank the Bank. Um, he's gonna come on next week. Um, you know, and tell a little bit about his his story. He was a pimp, but he changed his life, turned his life around, and doing great things in the community. Frank the okay. Bank. Okay, and um, and uh, just so uh, everyone knows, uh, to, uh, next week what what we're hoping to do is uh. Uh, Malik wife just mentioned something about her her organization, A Mother's Cry. So uh, what she's going to do is she's going to bring a couple of other uh, mothers who've experienced that, and we're going to try to get together with people that we know who've, who've experienced this kind of loss and, like, just have a conversation about that loss. Like, uh, bring bring your tissues. I don't – like, like it's, it's deep. Like, when we start talking about people's uh, pain and, like, I don't know an answer to some of this stuff, you know? Um so yeah, just let him know, let Frank the Bank know that that's going to be, we're going to be talking about that. And it's good that he can come because it kind of, it break up the monotony of uh, talking about grief and stuff like that. Um, that's next week. And then the following week, uh, we got some people from Time Done coming. Uh, they want to come today, but we kind of postponed that because we want to do this because Malik's, uh, his, his, his grand opening is coming up on the 1st. So Time Done, uh, what they're going to do, they're going to explain to us about voting. Um, the are legal, like, from a returning citizen point of view. Like, um, there was a law in place at first that when we got arrested or something like that, we couldn't vote. I mean, the law has changed. Like, I told my people, I said, I kind of dropped the ball. I've been out here working about creating returning citizens and doing publishing and getting a job, and I forgot about voting, one of the real critical things that we supposed to be on. But um, there's information about voting for returning citizens. Like, I think we can vote while we're on parole. I think we can vote when we get off parole. But in different states, it's different um, rules. So we're going to get the whole thing laid out. This is nonpartisan information, y'all. We're not talking about Democrats. We're not talking about Republicans. We're not talking about independent. We're talking about what is your legal, re like, what is the legal thing, our status in trying to elect the next person, you know? So, yeah, so that's going to be, that's, that, that's pretty big for me because um, I can vote. I never voted, y'all. A day in my life, I've never voted. Woo-wee. And then, and then let me just say this: returning citizens, um, we're not a we're not a five hundred one c three nonprofit right now yet because uh, when we are, we can't say this. I'm gonna say this: returning citizens association. Look, if we can vote, y'all, if we can vote, and we be educated about the the issues, and we be who we are, who we used to be, like over there, and we be who we are here, we will be a force, y'all. There ain't no question. We can change the we can change the things on the ground. What we talk about improving the conditions in the communities, that's what we talk about doing. Well, sometimes we need a little help. We need like like uh government officials help. They the one in charge of certain things. So we can't do everything on our own, but I mean it's a process to that. Like I said, we gotta get educated, we gotta figure out, you know, what's the best thing to do. And having all these smart people around us like Michael and uh Ramon and Malik and Nina and Andrea. I think we're gonna be fine. So that's my closing. Um, um, I thank y'all for uh, coming to uh, participate in Returning Citizen Association meeting. 
Um, I think that we uh, got a, a whole bright future ahead of us. Uh, welcome and thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm sorry for going a little bit over, but this always happens, and I feel good. Like I say, this, this group was started secretly because of my therapy. This is my therapy session. You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't see me kind of had them ups and downs, right? I kind of cried a little bit, kind of got hot. This is my therapy. I need it. He talking about he, the healing is a choice. This is my choice. So I thank y'all for uh, being here. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, just, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other, have a little faith, uh, and just keep working our butts off, you know? Let uh, me let me, let Nina, me say this. Nina and Dre. Nina, oh, no, oh, you ain't talking to us. Okay. Excuse me. Yes, I Nina? am. Okay, We ahead. never know who's listening, who's watching. So... It might sound crazy, but I'm going to extend the olive branch to Wallow and Gilly the Kid. They got a podcast called A Million Dollar Game, A Million Dollars Worth of Game. And I would like to love to invite them. We never know who's listening. You never know. Wow. I didn't even think that far. Nana, that's that's, that's pretty good. And that's why Nana is our, she's our community liaison, man. She does this stuff. And I guarantee you all. Like I can't say I guarantee you, but you know they had both long. Wallow had a long choke, choke too. Right. And he ended up eating. Right. Like, look, I wouldn't be shy. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody reached out to us and we had some people like that on because Nina does it all the time. Thank y'all. Welcome to Returning Citizens. We are here and we're here to stay. We want to continue to just make the right choices. We want to continue to uh, do our healing. And and, and uh, we want to continue to uh, honor this, our second chances. Like some people have third and fourth and fifth chances, but we just want to honor those second chances, man. Because like we think about the people that didn't get them, why did we get them? What yeah. makes us special? Like 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 when the man was talking, uh, Michael was talking. He was talking about. I asked God, why you got so much favor on me? Like why am I favored? Like like that's that's. That's the stuff that the military call, uh, they go, they have issues when they they survive a war, but their buddies didn't. It's like survivor's guilt. Like, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I feel that every day. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good day, okay? Peace out. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless everybody.